Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. That is Mr. Max Williams on the audio ones and twos here. Give him a hand. Uh, They call me Ben. Noel, you and I are fans of, well, I don't know if we can say we're fans of early American history, but I think we're both fascinated by how many strange stories are out there. It's sort of moving into the world of myth sometimes. Yeah, it's weird, right? I mean, you know, you got your George Washington uh, cherry tree not telling a lie type mythology. And then you've got, I don't know, didn't George, didn't Abraham Lincoln do something mythological as well that was sort of debunked? Maybe it's all about, you know, sort of like Luke, I am your father. Like, uh, I think mm-hmm. Darth Vader never actually said those words, but right. it just sort of gets carried on as the thing people repeat. And then before you know it, people believe that that's actually what was in the movie. History is not like a movie, though, because we don't really have a a rewind or like chapter markers or like a DVD menu. Remember those? Those that was mm-hmm. a big deal when DVDs came out. Now it's like no one even thinks about them anymore. Well, Blu-rays for like the super nerds, the steel boxes and all that. There's no steel box Blu-ray of history. No, no. And you know, I was in a very interesting conversation with some historians actually over the break since last time we recorded, and one of them brought up this fantastic point. Uh, she said that. We have to remember that as you go further back in time, fewer and fewer people are literate. So any written record we're reading is actually a history of the literate class. Right. right. Or it's from their perspectives. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, often comes with a pretty big slant, doesn't it? Exactly. Exactly. That's way beyond history is written by the winners because, you know, let's be honest, a lot of winners were illiterate. Anyhow, this is this is important because what we're talking about, and I love the example you brought up of George Washington. What we're talking about is the way that a seed of fact can become a legend, a rumor, even a myth. And it can happen more quickly than you might imagine. So let's present 
just the, the top headline of today's episode. Uh, we're going to pull this from blackhistory.com. Uh, this is an excerpt from a 2009 article by Audrey Peterson, and it's excellent. It's worth a read. We're just going to read this, this one clip. The story goes that on November 5th, 1781, a John Hansen of African descent was elected the first president of the Continental Congress under the Articles of Confederation, the precursor to our present constitution. Now, no, if this is true. And that position would have been the precursor to our what we know now as the president, right? Right, right. So if this is true then that means that America's first black president, first black president of the U.S., uh, far preceded uh, former President Barack Obama. Again, if that's true. Hold the phones. I never heard of this. I mean, I have I have now, but you think it would have been something that would have been discussed, you know, during President Obama's uh, inauguration uh, election run up and all of that stuff. This is not something that I've seen thrown around. Well, it turns out there's a reason for that. Uh, there's another John Hansen. I believe it's spelled exactly the same way. Um, uh, John Hansen, who was elected uh, to the Senate of Liberia in the mid 19th century. The real John Hansen, or the real John Hansen that occupied this uh, position, the first president of the Continental Congress, was in fact a white man of European descent. And it was often confused with John Hansen, the senator of Liberia from the mid-19th century. So easy to confuse the Hansens, you know? The tale of um, two Hansens, It's not yeah. the tale of two Hansens. Yeah, it's true. It's the kind of the way, like, people sometimes confuse the band Hansen for the band Nirvana, you know? Because there's, like... Really? The singers are all both blonde. No, oh, I'm kidding. It's yeah. just a joke. There's a there's a, there's like a funny internet trope where people will take a picture of like kind of a like lame nerdy type band and have like a more edgy type band name on it. And I'll tell a really my great kids one with Hanson Brothers. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'll also, they were both three pieces. Mm -hmm. I mean, That's the well, key. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got. I do have to point out. I may be in a glass house situation when it comes to throwing stones uh, about confusing people. I don't think I quite have face blindness, but I have a, a tough time. You know, I don't really relish the world of celebrity. And for years, and you know this, dude, because we talked about this off air. For years, I did not know that um, Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman are two different people. I just thought Dude, that's an easy one to make. Very yeah. prolific actor. <laughs> very easy mistake to make. I'm Kira Knightley has literally been the stunt double for Natalie Portman in a movie before. I, okay. I don't doubt that. And that's, well, yeah, well, it was the, the, uh, the uh, second trilogy of star Wars. Yeah. They have, they have, you know, Natalie Portman is, uh, I don't know the character's names, but oh, Queen Amidala. Oh, and, and, yeah. and then she has a stand in literally. That's not just a stunt double, but in the movie, an actual like fake version of her body. Double. And that's Kira Knightley. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't feel go. as bad. Max with the facts, man. right? Holy cow, that's a good that's, one. That's how I figured out too with a with a Star Wars conversation. But I'm bringing this up because I think it's an okay example because I'm dunking on myself here. But also, let's understand that I made that mistake for years with the benefit of a profound amount of audio, video, audio visual information. Right. With Google at my fingertips. And I was still thinking, oh, weird. Huh. More than one person. Look at that. So imagine how easy it is to mix people up over the great game of telephone that is history. Uh, we know a little bit about how this confusion came about. And right now it is still a rumor. 
that a lot of people believe that the first president of the U.S. was not George Washington, but was actually this man, John Hansen, a man of African descent. If you look at some of the myth-busting work that's been done on this, especially a great article, mistinhistory.com, you'll see that part of the mix-up is traced back to a comedian and activist named Dick Gregory. Uh, Dick Gregory may not have started this myth, but he seems to have popularized and perpetrated it. Uh, he had an article that claimed Hansen was A, black, and B, the first president. And here's how he breaks it down. He says, okay, Hansen was the first president, like we said, under the Articles of Confederation, 1781, one-year term. He got a lot of stuff done. Fast forward, six presidents later, the Articles of Confederation fail. The Constitution comes into play in 1789. And after that, George Washington is elected. And the quote that really stood out to, to us, or to me at least, is the question phrased this way. Is racism, and not the Constitution, the reason we start counting presidents with Washington? I mean, racism is a real thing, so that's a possible explanation. But like we pointed out earlier, like you said, Noel, we got a Hansen mix-up, uh, tale of two Hansons. The sites that repeat this claim often have a daguerreotype. Remember those, the old, uh, like, <laughs> I do photography yeah. things, uh, uh -huh. of, sure. of, of the, of the black John Hansen. And again, that guy's a real guy. Like you said, he's a Senator, but he's a Senator from a different country. Uh, and if you go to the library of Congress, you'll see the same photo and they're talking about this Liberian Senator. So we threw a line in there that might've caused some of our astute, ridiculous historians to take a pause. Dick Gregory, an American comedian, what, is he, what, what does he have to do with this? Dick Gregory also, by the way, uh, hilarious. So you're asking, what did Dick Gregory have to do with all this? Influential comic, influential thinker, right? Uh, and an activist, of course. Well, it goes back to an appendix in a book called Remembering John Hansen. And in 1988, a genealogist uh, in, in this appendix said that John Hansen did not have partial Swedish heritage like a lot of his previous biographers and other family scuttlebutt had long claimed. Uh, they said instead, John Hansen was the grandson of a guy named John Henson, who was an immigrant, an indentured servant from Barbados, who arrived in Maryland in 1661, freed in 1666. But John Hansen's wealthy immigrant grandfather, also named John Hansen, actually shows up in Maryland before this. I know it's like for anyone who's read uh, 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, it gets confusing when a lot of characters have the same name. So the research disproves this theory, but this is where Dick Gregory comes in. He picks up on the story, on the story of this Barbados immigrant, and he says this Caribbean immigrant, Henson, was either black or partially black. And so President uh, John Hansen, he says, was the grandson of this uh, Caribbean immigrant, John Hinson. And Gregory looked at it through something that was called the one drop rule, if you're familiar with that, that phrase. It was the idea, uh, you've, you've heard it quoted before, uh, especially in historical yarns. It was the idea uh, that anybody with, quote, one drop 
of non-European blood was non-European, right? And right. this was often brought up in in the time of chattel slavery. So Dick Gregory says, all right, because of that one-drop rule, this means that Hansen, because he was descended from that immigrant from Barbados, was the nation's first black president. But, for all intents and purposes. Got for it. all intents and purposes. Uh, but that's that's where the story and the confusion starts. You'll even see uh, claims that if you look on a $2 bill, that one of the individuals on the back of the $2 bill, I don't know why I'm pantomiming a bill here because I don't have one in my hands and we're an audio show. So it looks like I'm just holding my thumbs weirdly at you guys. But anyway, the idea is that if you look at the $2 bill, you'll see one of the individuals on the back appears to be African-American. That's the claim. And then therefore to Dick Gregory, that meant this guy was John Hansen. But again, it's not true. We know that part's not true, but there are other things I think we need to drill down into to further differentiate our Hansons. Because we researched this. I don't know about you guys, but even I am getting like a little confused. I've got to draw a little Hansen v. Hansen list here. Yeah. And, you know, when you start digging a little deeper, time starts to play into it in terms of like some discrepancies and some things that don't quite line up. Um, John Hansen, um, who was a resident of Maryland, uh, was definitely in the picture way before John Hansen, the senator from Liberia, was. Hansen of Maryland was born in uh, 1715 in Port Tobacco Parish in Charles County uh, in, at the time, the province of Maryland. Um, he was elected president of the United States and assembled Congress in November of 1781. Um, and that would have been when he became the first president to serve a one-year term under those you know, bylaws or provisions in the Articles of Confederation. In 1781, he signed the articles after Maryland joined the other states, you know, intent to ratify these articles of confederation. So a lot of the documentation gets a little hazy. We don't have full confirmation of the dates of John Hansen of Liberia's kind of tenure and, and, and the things that he accomplished. But he is said to have been more of a mid 1800s kind of guy. And he was um, one of his main focuses as a as a lawmaker in Liberia was to relocate African American uh, individuals to Liberia, but he had some ulterior motives. Apparently, he was working alongside the American Colonization Society and was actually luring African Americans who were hoping to better their lives and the lives of their families into Liberia. But apparently he had some seriously kind of self-serving motivations for doing this. Um, he apparently kind of collaborated or colluded with that society to try to trick African-Americans into Liberia to what he referred to, or I guess maybe him specifically, but what was sort of considered to be a quote-unquote better form of slavery. Um, that's not really a thing. Oof. No, it's not. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, so this guy wasn't a good guy. He was not taking care of his uh, his his people. In fact, he was actively, you know, plotting against them. Well, yeah. The there's there's a problem. The idea was that you know maybe they were stopping a greater evil. But as uh, as pointed out 
in a great article on theblackloop.com, which drills down in this $2 bill idea. Slavery is slavery. And no matter how you try to spin it or frame it, people are intelligent and they know the difference between freedom and slavery. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Ben, my favorite spring cleaning takeaway is that post-clean clarity that you get where you're like, wow, how have I been living like this? Yeah, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless and Mint Mobile has phone plans for just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Y'all, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. And use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high5casino.com. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
So websites that have presented arguments about the $2 bill idea use photos of both Hansons, okay? But the issue with the photos, as you said, like it centers on the timeline of events. We know that there are a lot of discrepancies in those timelines. The photo of Hansen, the Liberian senator, that's used to support these claims, it's strange because photography wasn't really commercially a thing until 1839. Also, John Hansen, the Maryland guy, okay? Let's just start calling him Maryland Hansen and Liberian Hansen. Maryland Hansen died in 1783, way before there would be a photograph around. So we do know that Liberian Hansen was definitely a person from the African diaspora. He was black, but that doesn't necessarily mean he was an advocate uh, for people of color, at least the way we'd consider it today. I mean, like, think about a better form of slavery. What is that, you know? And then there's the other myth. So we've separated our Hansons. We, we got that, we got that Hanson out, handled Hanson. Uh, and now we have to ask ourselves, well, what about this other guy? What about this? Um, what about Maryland Hanson? Was he really the first president of the United States? Is that part of the claim true? No, it's not. It's totally not. And there isn't a cover up. He wasn't like, erased from history in some grand conspiracy. Uh, the, the truth is that even in his own time, he wasn't considered the president of the United States. Uh, and he couldn't have been that because the office of the president of the United States didn't exist while he was alive. As a matter of fact, the country known as the United States of America didn't exist while he was alive. He was down with the planning stages. You know what I mean? Like he was working on the album, but he wasn't there for the first show. So that's that's an awkward way to put it. Yes, yes, obviously, the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, they both use the phrase United States of America, but... uh, these documents weren't really meant to create this single unified nation, this superpower at the time. Uh, in fact, colonial leaders were worried that if they created a national government that was too powerful, it would it would spell trouble. And they refused to have a federal or excuse me, a central government have serenity over everything. They kind of pictured the Congress as a um an admin, really, for 13 different states. Well, yeah, you know, that's kind of, that seems like a reasonable intent. Um, you know, something to kind of keep the trains running on time to help uh, sort of sort out disputes, sort of codify things. But um, do you think that we stayed true to that original intent with the way, you know, Congress has kind of evolved or mutated over the years, Ben? Uh not not really, no, I don't think. I'm, th- I, I'm thinking I, no. Yeah. I'm thinking no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, federal taxes, uh, various federal departments that have sprung up in the intervening centuries. Yeah, there's very much a federal government. Uh, there are still, of course, state-level things, right? That's the reason that we are in surreal situations where federal laws don't always agree with state laws. 
And I'm not talking about the hot button stuff right now. I'm talking about like a very easy thing to say yes to marijuana legalization. It doesn't matter if you smoke it or not. It's a lot of money for a state like Colorado ran out of weed and then got rich the first year they, they legalized that stuff. Um, but it is confusing if you are outside of the U.S. to say, wait, isn't that illegal? And you would say, well, you can get arrested for it in Georgia, but not in California or in Colorado. Also, the federal government says it's illegal. That's right. Not to mention that, let's say you're, let's say you've been visiting Los Angeles or somewhere in California and you, you know, you go to one of the weed shops and buy some gummies and you fly back with them. Technically, you know, when you're at the airport, you're in federal territory, right? And depending on your end destination, that could have different consequences. You know, it's just very, very weird, <laughs> very fuzzy territory. It's very, it's very weird. So what did they do instead of making a federal government? They made this this Congress that would do like housekeeping. You know, we'll talk to other countries. We'll make war. Mm -hmm. And they could mainly, you know, hire out whomever they needed, uh, kind of, let's say, crowd, you know, sub out all of these administrative tasks um, that could be performed on behalf of the states. You know, things like declaring war and, you know, and, and fighting for peace and uh, dealing with um, Native Americans that might have lived outside the states to create to mint money, borrow money um, to, you know, uh, administer the post office and to help solve things like boundary disputes or issues. But this is something that, that does hold true. Congress couldn't raise money to carry out these tasks by taxing the states. You had just alluded to that, Ben. It could neither uh, raise troops in order to defend the country uh, or wage war against aggressors. It couldn't even require or compel uh, other states to uh, comply with any of the laws that it passed as a body. So it puts it in kind of a weird middle ground. Right, right. It's like you have you, you are officially the group that drives the car, but you cannot ask us for gas. <laughs> so that's like, what are you going to do with the car then? Uh, that Yeah, through those reasons that we've just outlined, you can see how the Congress and the Articles of Confederation was very, very limited in authority, and it was in no small way hamstrung. It didn't have the powers to carry out the duties that it was supposed to carry out. So the Articles of Confederation did not create a nation called the United States of America. In the first two articles, they state this, they created an alliance of 13 independent and sovereign states who had agreed to be cool with each other, basically. The quote is, enter into a firm league of friendship with one another while retaining their sovereignty, freedom, and independence. So the title of this confederacy, of this like colonial super friends, was called the United States of America, but there wasn't a nation by that name created by the Articles of Confederation. It's kind of like, for a modern analog, it's kind of like the European Union is a bunch of independent countries, and the European Union itself is not a country. It's a, it's a weird difference that might seem hair-splitty and semantic, but it's very important for our purposes today because it means that John Hansen wasn't the president of the United States because it didn't exist at the time. He was instead 
the first person chosen to run Congress, this limited Congress right. under the Articles of Confederation. Yeah, this is a this is a story of semantics on many levels, isn't it? When we think about the president of the United States, it's also important to remember that something that, that often people forget, and I certainly did until I was recently reminded, that we're talking about presidents elected under the U.S. Constitution, right? So the first president elected under the U.S. Constitution was, in fact, George Washington. But the precursor to the Constitution, the Articles of Confederation, um, that one also called for a president, and that man was John Hanson. Yeah, he was uh, one of eight people who would be appointed to serve a one-year term as the president of this different thing. Uh, the first was, as you pointed out, John Hansen. So he's the first of, let's call him the first of those kind of presidents. His actual title is President of the United States in Congress Assembled. Uh, that's that's what he did. It's not the actual it's not like the Biden or the Bush or the Obama that you would think of today. Uh, instead, it's, or I don't know, the Abe Lincoln. Uh, instead, this president, uh, I don't know, he was limited in powers. He did do some stuff. I don't want to take that he away He did a handful him. of things. No, no, no. You could, you could list off some accomplishments that, that he could certainly uh, rah-rah himself over in some speeches. He ordered all foreign troops off American soil. Get out of he here. He ordered... Get out of here, you you foreign troops off our soil. Um, he uh, ordered the removal of all foreign flags, presumably also from our soil, because you got to have somewhere to stick the flag. And that was a big deal, which required some, you know, bravado to pull off. Uh, because, you know, we know uh, that so many countries in Europe had kind of carved up America, the United States into their own little fiefdoms. And this was him saying, no, your, your uh, history be damned and your, you know, conquest of our land is for naught. Be gone with you. This is Vile no European conquerors. Vexillologists. Yes. I just wanted to say vexillologist. <laughs> I love it. It's a great word. Um, so get get ye to a nunnery is what he said, uh, quoting Shakespeare, because that's the, he, he was into that. He was also known for being a big Shakespeare buff. That's not true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he he established uh, the great seal of the U.S. We need a stamp. With the eagle clutching the <laughs> that's the big one. He may he, we <laughs> eagles seem cool. They're scary. Uh, what if it's clutching arrows in its talons? That would be uh, cool. Um, olive branches. Too. That's pretty awesome. I like that's a, I would that. Have, that is a yeah. that is a, an enduring piece of iconography. I would yes, argue. yes, agreed. I just want to pause on that one because I love picturing. So you've got like a one year term, right? You know, you have limited time. Did he just take a day off one day and say, "Okay, guys, we need a stamp"? I know we got a lot of other stuff yep. going on. But no one bother me. I got my quill. I got some parchment. I saw an eagle earlier. I got this. <laughs> yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, you think he sketched it himself, or did he? Did he just kind of like brainstorm no. it with some, like you know, with some artists? He big pictured it. You think? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I like, love you that. Know, he probably, he probably, he probably sketched a rough version of it, like on a whiteboard, you know, oh, with wow. a dry erase pen, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a thing, you know, a dry erase quill, huge rather. Thing. Um, mm -hmm. Yep, but that, but that's a big deal. I, I would argue that's probably. When we talk about lasting in terms of things we think about or see all the time, that's that's,
But yeah, look at that <laughs> crazy bird clutching those arrows. That's a, that's a fighting bird right there. I want to see his original sketch. You know what? In this thought experiment, I hope his original sketch was just uh, terrible, but he was married to the idea and they like had somebody go back and fix it. I, I love it. I hope that bird looks doofy. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking about this because, you know, Ben Franklin fought really hard to make the national bird of turkey. Yeah, yeah. I'm just envisioning was that a, a really- troll, though, guys. I mean, Ben Franklin was known as a bit of a uh, why the turkey? Just because of its like place as a food staple in our turkeys, they're terrifying. Yeah, they're monsters, dude. Remember, uh, we were on the road in Boston for stuff they don't want you to know, and the one oh, thing that right. unified that very divisive town is people wouldn't joke about turkeys. They were like, they're stupid. They roll deep. They'll get you. You can't show fe- you can't show fear to the turkeys. They're wicked horrible. No, but. They're, they're only scary, though, because they're so weird and alien looking and like they're so dumb. They'll just kind of come at you gobbling away with their weird little red waddles. That's what they're they're super aggro. Uh, yeah. But eagles, eagles will swoop down from on high and like snatch off your wig. Not to mention that they're clutching arrows, you know, maybe presumably flaming arrows that they can drop on you. Well, I just think I think we made the right choice is all I'm saying. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Now, that's true. That's true. That's true. All, all I'm saying is that is a thing that we see and think about a lot. And yeah. uh, if that's the legacy of John Hansen, I would argue. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah. Um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one, and that was a that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I meant I said El Camino, <laughs> and I meant Monte Carlo. I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Well, he also did the, he also established the Treasury Department, the position of the Secretary of War the first uh, foreign affairs department, which is the predecessor of the state department. He had another lasting, uh, lasting tradition. He declared that the fourth Thursday of every November was going to be Thanksgiving day. And that's still true in the U S today. And we do eat Turkey. So maybe there's maybe some remnant of Ben Franklin's original weird idea is around, right? A Turkey is considered American on that day at least. Uh, but yeah, so he did some stuff despite Hansen did some stuff despite having a limited position. Uh, it's pretty impressive that he accomplished so much in such a small amount of time uh, from just November 5th, 1781 to November 3rd, 1782. And he remained an anti-federalist until he passed away. So that that's an important point, too, because not only was he not the first president of the nation of the United States, he was against the idea of a central federal government. He wouldn't have wanted the job, which makes this myth so um, interesting and paradoxical. After his one year stint as president of Congress, he retired from public office entirely and he passed away shortly thereafter on November 15th. 1783. Uh, he was buried at a place called Oxen Hill Manor, which was his nephew's plantation. And then his family line died out. A lot of his personal papers from the time are missing. Essentially, like his life, the actual details confirming different uh, nuts and bolts of his life, they're pretty scant. So his as a figure, he is open to that interpretation, and that might be where part of the confusion comes from. You know, and John Hansen's family line is also um, basically vanished. There's just not a lot of information about him, and the John Hansen house no longer exists. And, of course, with, you know, the advent of the Internet, which is just sort of like a absurdly extra version of oral tradition, you know, and rumor milling that can really cause things to spin wildly out of control. There is just an absolute glut of misinformation on this person. 
And I think because of the tenuous place that he kind of occupied in the history of the presidency, it's almost like there was no room for him. You know what I mean, Ben? Like, like right. it's almost like it was an inconvenient detail that was like hard to know how to frame because all a big part of history too is is having a narrative and knowing how to frame things in in consecutive order and where where things kind of make sense. And when you throw him in there, you know, it sort of throws the whole George Washington was the first president narrative into disarray. So it seems like, you know, there have been uh, some attempts to kind of snip him out of, of the cultural record. Uh, he barely escaped an attempt in 2011 to have his statue removed from the National Statuary Hall. And in 2011, there was the completion of a John Hansen National Memorial. But uh, unfortunately, that's really the only effort that's been made to, to honor this man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I got to point out, and this is me perhaps uh, oversimplifying things, but I feel that I have to point out so much confusion could have been prevented if they had just not used the same term. If they had just called, why can't he be like the um, big big daddy of Congress? Or, or like, why can't he, you know, be uh, the, the emperor of Congress? No, they wouldn't have done that. Prime Minister, I don't know, something. They could have had another title, but calling two separate kind of jobs president, obviously that's confusing. Yes. Well, I mean, you got to think about the EU's president first. So that means that we would have had, the, the Constitution would have to change the title. Ah. So what would we call that office now? Ah, that reminds me of the early move to try to make George Washington emperor, uh, which is a story for another day. But this point, we hope you have enjoyed our, um, at times, a little confusing exploration of how the tale of two Hansons led to a modern American myth. Uh, you know, and honestly, we got a little confused. I think it's safe to say it. A couple, a couple points in yeah. our research, <laughs> but uh, but still, it's important to know these stories because we are at a time where. You know, you would think with the age of ubiquitous communication and knowledge at your fingertips, the world would be better at fact checking and finding the truth. But what we're seeing is the opposite. It's actually easier for misinformation to spread and for things, tall tales and myths to become accepted as fact. So it's something you always have to dig into. Just look a little past the headline. Um, also, oh, no, I think we we missed our one requisite mental floss shout out we always like to do. Did you see that article? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, five other Americans who were kind of sort of president. Great title, M. Asher right. Gantrell. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a thing. And I think it really does come down to the official narrative, the official record. It needs to be tidy. And often that means sanitizing, you know, icky parts of American history, uh, as we know, or, you know, simplifying the narrative that Columbus discovered America and, and had, had breakfast with the Indians. You know, I mean, it's like, come on. It, it, it's, it's a way of, of simplifying, oversimplifying, obviously, things and distilling it down to sort of like a, a nationalistic kind of rah-rah narrative that's easy to, to force down the throats of like school children. And at this point, we want to hand the quill to you, fellow Ridiculous Historians. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Uh, 
we'd love to hear your ideas on other strange stories and or myths about the early days of not just the U.S., but of any country uh, before the mid-1990s, which again is our arbitrary cutoff for what constitutes history. (laughs) (laughs) What does constitute history? We ask ourselves that question all the time. It's uh, anything that happened before the early 1990s. It's fair game. Um, (laughs) But you can find us all over the internet on Ridiculous History on Facebook, where we have a Facebook group, Ridiculous Historians, that you can join. You too can be a Ridiculous Historian uh, officially and then be part of the conversation there. You can also find us on Instagram um, as a show or as individual human people, um, as in other social media situations. I am pretty much exclusively on Instagram at Brown. Ben, how can people find you? I'm so glad you asked. Noel, you can find out about my misadventures, my various secret projects. It's killing me. I can't mention these on air. Uh, But you you can find out about this by going to Twitter, where I'm at Ben Bullen, HSW. The old school ridiculous historians know what that stands for. Or you can find me on Instagram, where in a burst of creativity, I am called at Ben Bullen, B-O-W-L-I-N. Message me for book recommendations. Uh, show me pictures of your pets. I'm always down. Mr. Max Williams, I hear you're a legend on Twitter. Legend is a very incorrect way of describing me. But An alleged legend. An alleged legend. I like that. I like that. You can find me on Twitter at ATL underscore Max Williams. I mean... Most of my stuff is just going to be about sports. You know, Major League Baseball lockout right now is the fun one going on. Um, and then, you know, the occasional trolling of Ben. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'll find you. I know where you live. Wait, are you guys nemeses now? You can't have no. that. I thought no, we were no. nemeses. Okay. No, right. we, okay. Uh, ben, we actually... Ben's just resentful about a hot tub. Yeah, it's a thing. It became a thing. Uh, so, so with that... <laughs> ben, did you know Frank was in the hot tub too? So that's our show. That's fine. No, it's fine. We're wrapping up the show. Thanks, Max. Thanks so much. Thanks to Casey Pegram. Uh, thanks to Chris Rossiotis, Eve's Jeffcoat. Who else, Noel? Jonathan Strickland, the quizster. Oh, we had yeah. him back uh, recently. If you didn't want listen to last week's episode, you should, because, spoiler alert, uh, he pops in there. And, and it was actually really nice. And then later that day, I had a long conversation with him about something other, a secret work-related project of my own. But I hadn't talked to him in ages, either in character or as a, you know, relatively uh, agreeable human person. So miss that guy. I hope to have him back maybe on a little bit more of a randomly rotating schedule. Yeah, let's see if we can also convince our good friends on the on the Ridiculous Universe to maybe have a Quister crossover. What are we talking about? We're talking about two awesome shows, Ridiculous Romance and Ridiculous Crime. If you like our show, you are going to love them. So get thee to the podcast platform of choice and check it out today. Another spoiler alert, uh, Noel and I will be dropping by the Ridiculous Romance show later on. I think we're going to... I don't know. Do we want to tease what this one is? Well, let's just say it's a little bit naughty. We can go, They go a little naughtier on their show than we go on this one. So if you want to hear Ben and I in full naughty body mode, then, then check us out when that comes around. And we'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes. 
that's a yes on the apple pie. I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.